Hello, I'm Kenny Smith, and this is The Best Story I've Heard Today, a podcast for news junkies. We know you can't possibly see all of the great content being produced, so we're bringing you a story that you might have otherwise overlooked. Our guests each day tell us about the best story they've found, and today we're pleased to welcome back to the program Ken Booth, the co-founder of Shorpy.com and Vintagraph.com. Ken, thanks for joining us once again. Hey, Kenny. It's great to be on the show. Tell us about the story you found this time. Tell us why we should read it as well today. This story I found was in the Atlantic, and it talks about the thriving craft beer business and how it kind of goes counter to the the trend of large companies taking over sectors of the economy. And and, and what's interesting, if you went back to um, between 2002 2007, you would have looked at um, these companies like Anheuser Busch InBev and Miller Coors, and they were they basically bought up all these breweries. Um, all over the world, and they controlled 90% of the beer production. And um, that was kind of the way things were going. But then some um, some kind of shifts in regulations and some other things around 2008 up to current times um, kind of caused a strange thing to happen, which is that these craft beer businesses exploded. And where the number of people employed in the beer industry had been declining, and they actually grew by a factor of 120%, and the number of breweries in the country expanded by a factor of six. So it's, it's kind of a neat story. It's easy to see this in a sense of consumer tastes, I suppose. We don't all want to have the same thing. A lot of people, it seems, like to try different things rather than being stuck with just one or two or three choices. Is that where I should leave it, or can I further extrapolate this out perhaps to other kinds of industries as well, particularly as it relates to production and, uh, and employment rates? Well, you know, I think this is interesting because this probably applies maybe to the to the food um, industry because you could you could say the same thing like um, about coffee, and I think this whole farm to table trend that's going on now, where where you've got consumers who are demanding foods and beverages that maybe maybe are a little bit fuller flavored, um, greater variety than than the corporations are offering you, um, and so there's certainly that aspect of where I think consumer tastes have changed and maybe got a little more sophisticated. There's a line in the story here calling this a new trendiness to rare beer and expensive coffee, talking about another industry. Is the word trendy here, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Gosh, that's a hard judgment call. I think, I mean, it does have a certain kind of trendy feel to it, because as you as you go around the country now, you see these little um, craft breweries everywhere. I think everybody in their town thinks they're kind of special. Like, you know, here in, in little Huntsville, Alabama, we have nine breweries, so you think you're kind of the the center of the brewing world, but then you go, you know, you go anywhere else in the country um, and, and the same thing's happening. And so it does kind of feel like this explosion is happening in a, in a trending, trendy way. But I think there must be some longevity to it. Some of these breweries have been around for quite a while and they, you know, they, they don't, they're not shrinking, they're not going out of business. They're, in fact, it seems like they're expanding the capacity. If we look at this at a somewhere between micro and macro level, on just on a local level in terms of municipalities, since you mentioned nine in your town, do cities see enough of a boon from this kind of business in their tax base that they want to now encourage, subsidize, promote more of those things? You know, I have to think that they do because here in in Huntsville, and I can I can you know, I can speak to this market because I live here and I've seen it happen. Um, it went from breweries opening up in warehouses to now they've actually taken in Huntsville what was an old middle school and. Um, completely redundant as an entertainment district and two breweries anchor this facility and now there's some other bars on there there's other there's other um, retailers and other businesses that have come in there and I, and I have to think that has really helped the tax base in the city and 
it's something that people like to do around here. So you can go outside, you can listen to some music, you can, you can get some beer, you can get a pizza. So I think it it's definitely has to be something that local governments want to encourage. Regulation seems to be a big part of this, and you suggested it a few moments ago. How does that play? And each state is different, obviously. But when those laws change, things really open up. Entrepreneurs, uh, pre-existing merchants, they can really create or expand new businesses. Is that really the seed of the explosion here? Uh, I think it certainly plays a big part. So you've got a few things coming together, consumer taste, you know, that kind of intense support for local businesses. But, you know, I don't think this really would have happened if um, a lot of states hadn't started changing some of their laws that allowed for this. If you were a brewery, you would brew your beer, then you'd have to go through a middleman who would take your beer, then they would they would sell it at a retailer or maybe a bar. And the loosening of regulations there allow people to sell beer on site where they brewed it. So you see this opening of tap rooms around the country now. And that really allowed these breweries to kind of establish a fan base. And then from there, you kind of get that, that demand that rolls downhill a little bit from there, which is that somebody goes to a bar and they say, well, I want, I want the beer from a local brewery untap at your bar or I go to the grocery store and I want to buy it in bottle now. So it kind of I think without that original loosening of regulations that let the let the craft breweries sell on site, the momentum maybe would never have you know, occurred to kind of get this going. If we look at it in that sense then in terms of lifting or revamping uh, regulations, are we really now finally seeing the end of prohibition because it's easy to draw a direct line from then to now in terms of laws that were on the books? Right, because, uh, you know, the, the temperance movement, right after um, Prohibition, the original laws around the country, and I think even some of the kind of um, antitrust laws the federal government had in place was was meant to um, the kind of control how people consumed alcohol. And, and one of the goals, honestly, there, was, I think, was to, um, to, to, you didn't want these big monopolies who controlled all of the, the um, production. You know, you didn't want Anheuser-Busch who controlled production and, and distribution and everything. Well, in the 80s, the federal government kind of loosened up antitrust enforcement, and that will allow this consolidation that you kind of started to see into the 90s and in 2000, where Anheuser-Busch and InBev and, and Miller Coors kind of took over everything. So I think what we're seeing is, this, yeah, this is an after effect of the kind of the temperance movement and, and, and prohibition, and things are kind of maybe getting back to where they were before. The article offers a couple of lessons that perhaps the rest of the economy might take away from the success that has been in the craft beer movement in an economic sense. What's the most important one that you see here, or perhaps one that is not listed, that you think the rest of the economy might take to heart? There's certainly there's an intense support for local businesses. People kind of want to support the homegrown company, right? So I think you certainly see a lot of that. And these, these breweries have, have gone a long way to use social media to kind of as marketing, advertising people out to the breweries, all the stuff they've got going on there. And I think this is certainly anybody who's kind of working or they're running a local business. This is stuff they can learn from them. You know, there, there are certainly ways to kind of to grow that local support um, and, and, and kind of, you know, maybe ride in the, the coattails of this farm to table movement that's going on now. The article makes the argument this should be a model for the country. Do you agree? I think for certain businesses, it makes a lot of sense. There's, there are certain businesses where, um, you know, it's probably better if I, I do get some stuff from another state or out of, out of the country. Um, and and the, the article even makes the, the point that the falling cost of, um, of equipment due to globalization actually started, helped the craft beer um, industry kind of take off. So it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition where you've got one industry that's very local kind of taking advantage of the, um, 
the reduction in price that you gain from being a global market. So they were able to you know, get import some equipment from overseas that, that let them kind of do something very locally. That's a fascinating point, economically speaking, in a fascinating article. You can find it at The Atlantic. It's titled, Craft Beer is the Strangest, Happiest Economic Story in America. We've got links for that story and for Ken Booth, who's a co-founder of Shorpy.com and Ventagraph.com. You can find those links just below the audio player. We encourage you to please do check those out. Ken Booth, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. It's fun. This is the best story I've heard today. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll share it with others. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing stories with you again very soon. I'm Kenny Smith. Hey, thanks again for listening to the best story I've heard today. And here's a bit more news for you. You can hear this show on our host site, podbean.com. But the best story I've heard today is also syndicated now on sites like Stitcher and Google Play. Just go to those sites and search the best story I've heard today. You can find us on podbean.com, on Stitcher, and on Google Play. The best story I've heard today.